everybody and welcome to That Wrestling Show, the podcast where all pro wrestling matters. I am your host, Bill Yankovey, and this is a very busy weekend in the world of professional wrestling. Full gear is tonight. New Japan started two tournaments today, or actually one tournament today, another one starting on Sunday, and so much more. Speaking of full gear, I'm not going to make you guys wait any longer. I know you guys have heard the opening theme song, you're hearing me talk right now, but I'm not going to make you wait any longer because we're going to go right now to a clip that was recorded earlier this week with myself and Jim Boy Star as we previewed the entire card for this Saturday's Full Gear with our predictions and we asked the question, why is Orange Cassidy not on the pay-per-view. I'll be back in a little bit with some more news and the PWI Women's 150. With full gear right around the corner, it's this weekend as a matter of fact, we are going to preview the final AEW pay-per-view of 2021 and joining me for this discussion is Jim Boy Star. Yep, I'm here. I'm still watching AEW. So I was like, let me come on if the schedules work out for another uh, AEW pay-per-view preview show. It did, because when we're recording this, uh, I'm actually uh, on on the road, quickly, in quotes, and uh, you happen to have the day off because we're recording on Veterans Day. Correct, yes. Well, yeah, it worked out perfectly. Um, there's a a lot of matches on here, more than I think I might have even known, to be honest with you. Yeah, there is. Um, I looked at the card a few minutes ago, and I was like, wow. So, there are, including the pre-show, ten matches in total. Yeah, that's a lot. It it is. it, It is. And some of these, you know, when we get to them, some of them have special stipulations, which we'll talk about. So, uh, let's begin with the pre-show match, and it is going to be a women's tag team match. Nyla Rose and Jamie Hayter against Hikaru Shida and Thunder Rosa. Yeah, I almost feel like this. I would rather this not be there and put one of the matches on the main show in the pre-show. Mm-hmm. Uh, again, because I just I'm looking at it, this feels like I'm I'm almost I, I'm kind of fifty fifty on buying the show to begin with because uh, I don't know what I'm going to be doing on Saturday. But surprisingly, I'm actually a little more turned off by the, how many matches there are. It's a long show to have ten matches, right? Um, I guess for this one, this is a toss up. We can go either way. I'm gonna guess Sheeta Thunder Rosa winning here. All right, then you know what? To be different, I'm gonna go with Rose and Hater to win the okay. Although I think I, I know Sheeta is still in the tournament. I, uh, I think Rose and Rosa each got a bye in the TBS tournament. I don't I don't remember if Jamie Hayter is still in the tournament or not. So um, please don't kill me for 
forgetting. <laughs> um, all right. So now we're going to go to the main show. And we'll begin with a tag, another tag match. Pac, or Pac, however you want to call him, and Cody Rhodes against Malachi Black and Andrade El Idolo. This match really feels like it's there, but they could have not done this match at this pay-per-view. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, I, I almost wish they would kind of not have this match and have it on like a special dynamite or a special rampage. Uh, let me, I'll let you talk on this one first, actually. Um, what do you think of this? I, I, I find the pairing of Malachi and Andrade very interesting. It's very unique. I, I never thought of the two of them to be, you know, could work together as a tag team. Um, and then, you know, Cody, like the whole story with Cody coming back was he wanted another match with Malachi. And then Pac just gets, Pac to me is the wild card in all of this. He is just there because he had the the two matches with Andrade. And it feels like the only reason Pac is involved in this is because they needed somebody. And he's had two matches with Andrade. So it's like, okay, we're going to put him in the match. Yeah, uh, that's that sounds about right. You know, as I'm taking, I just realized, um, I don't I don't, don't think I did this on purpose, or maybe I did and didn't realize it, when I'm currently wearing my orange Cassidy shirt, and I'm really disappointed that he's not on this card whatsoever. That is a surprise. I mean, I would, I, honestly, I think if you had a blow up to, blow up to um, Matt Hardy and Orange Cassidy, mm-hmm. that should have been on here instead of this tag team match. And even the pre-show that match. Yeah. In fact, I'm going to say that get rid of the women's tag match, putting Orange Cassidy versus Matt Hardy. And then like, I don't know. I just, this is just, you know, this tag team match, just like the other tag team match feels really unnecessary to me. Oh, uh, as far as who I think is going to win, uh, probably Andrade's team. Yeah, I'm, I'm thinking that's how it's going to end up. Probably with Andrade and Malachi winning the match. Mm-hmm. But I I won't be... This is one of these times where it's like, I won't be disappointed, you know, with who wins. Yeah, I just kind of hope we get a good outcome to the match. Right. Um, do you think that there's a chance that Pac turns on Cody? Um, I don't see why there would be a reason, honestly. Yeah, I don't. Th- I don't think th- there will be a reason either. But I don't know why. It just feels. Like, I don't know why they're having this. I, I guess what I'm perplexed by is I don't know what this advance is because we've had our fill of Black versus Rose. Was it like two or three times we've at had this three point? Three matches, yeah. Right. Um, you already had the Andrade um, pack match. What is your like? What is the reason for this? I'll, the only thing I can think of, like, and to me, it's a pretty legitimate reason, is because you have to have Cody on the show. Yeah, I like Cody, and I 
you know, I'd like to see more of Cody um, in, in a different feud, I guess I would say more, more so. Because I don't think Cody was on the last pay-per-view, now that I'm thinking of it. No, he was still out at that point because Black took him out. Right. All right. Okay, so next match we're going to talk about is a Falls Count Anywhere match. Christian Cage and Jurassic Express against Adam Cole and the Young Bucks. This is another one that it just feels like it's being thrown on there just for the sake of being thrown on there. Now, I know people are going to say, well, they have been feuding, but Christian, for the most part, has been an impact for up until what, about maybe a week or two ago? About that. He hasn't done much. And sure, Jurassic Express are... Um, I feuding with the super click, mm-hmm. uh, but I don't know. I, again, it's not for anything. It it it's definitely feels like it's a hey, we need to get these guys on the show, and it's re- really I think this show is maybe the epitome of maybe AEW should even even the naysayers have to agree like that roster is really blo- really bloated right now. It is to me. Honestly, I would have been fine if it was Jungle Boy against Adam Cole. Mm-hmm. I honestly would have been fine because they had the one match on Dynamite, which was a good match, and Adam Cole won it. And I don't think you can have Jungle Boy beat Adam Cole yet. I, I, I don't think that would have happened yet if they had done mm-hmm. that match. Here, you do the six man, you do, you know, you do the stipulation and it's in a way of like, to me, it feels more of like it's Jungle Boy and friends against Adam Cole and friends. Yeah, that sounds right. And the thing is, I think this will be a great match. I'm all for that match because this is, I like the Young Bucks. I like Adam Cole. I, actually, now I'm thinking about it, I like every single person on here because Christian has run me over since he's debuted mm-hmm. in AEW for the most part. Right. So I just wish that there was... It, it didn't feel like it's just on there to be on there. I feel like there's that there was like something to this. And I really don't feel like there is. Um, as far as who I think is going to win, probably the Super Click. Yeah, I'm I'm thinking that too. Unless something weird happens where Jurassic Express get a pin on the Bucks, but I really don't see that happening. Mm-hmm. All right. Um. So next match, this is one I'm looking forward to. CM Punk against Eddie Kingston. So you go first with this one. All right. I'm just looking forward to this match because if you think about who CM Punk is and who Eddie Kingston is, as far as personality-wise go, they are the same person. They, mm-hmm. They're pretty much the same person. Mm-hmm. As far as their style goes, they're two completely different styles. Yeah, which, for sure. Which makes the match interesting. And this is one where I don't think you could have, like, not at the point or not right away, 
you know, could you build it up and then do it on a dynamite, do it on a rampage? This is one of these that has to be done on pay-per-view. And, I mean, I know th there's probably a lot of people going like, there's no way Kingston's going to win this match. Kind of like with Punk and Darby Allen from the last pay-per-view. Yeah. But the thing that Punk did with Darby Allen that I'm pretty sure he will do with Kingston is he will make people think Eddie Kingston can win this match. Mm -hmm. Which is why I'm looking forward to it. By the way, how did you feel about the uh, CM Punk Eddie Kingston promo from Rampage last Ooh. week? Obviously, because that wow. you didn't. Yeah, that was good. That I was... only saw it a few days ago. Like I didn't actually watch it as it happened. It, it, it was. I mean, I I think you know people kind of tend to sometimes get overzealous with different promos and say like, oh, that's the best promo this year. That's the best promo. It was a good promo. Mm -hmm. I don't think it was like the best thing ever, but it was it was a pretty good promo. Right. Um, for me, I think this might be the first time, or the, yeah, probably the first time that I actually want CM Punk to lose. Mm -hmm. I want. I really want to see Eddie Kingston win. I don't think he is. Right. There's the prediction out there, but of uh, any opponent CM Punk has had, and I guess I mean you could say the same thing for Darby because I really like Darby. But I right. everyone knew that he wasn't going to win that for the Punk first match of his return ever is not going to be a loss right. in, a, in a scripted environment. Um, I say that because obviously you know when when he went to try out for. MMA, mm. he lost the first time. Right. So, but that's obviously because it's not scripted. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, because I don't, again, I just think it's, and I still, let me get this wrong, because I know for the first couple of matches, I've been really down on, on like the card, but like it's, I'm starting to feel the whole like, how do I describe this? Um, I'm starting to now feel, really feel the ex WWE guy this of of things. I mean, a, a perfect example as I mentioned, like I would say one of my favorites is Orange Cassidy. Yeah. He and and he's not even on this card. Um, bare, and barely has a feud as it is. I mean, I know he's feuding with Matt Hardy, but. Right. I, and in fact, I think it's going to air after this, but I know that they're supposed to have the Lumberjack match on Rampage. And I'm like, why isn't that on there instead of Pack and Cody versus Black and Andrade? So right. anyway, so my original point is that's what makes me, is making me even more want to cheer for Eddie Kingston to get the win. Because I'm like, at this point, I'm just like, come on, I want my... I want my my homegrown AEW guys, even though I know Case is not literally like, you know, he's done independence and all that. But yeah. but he's he's been he's you know was ringing the bell for AEW or waving the flag as they say. Um, before all of a sudden, like guys like Bobby Fish came in and 
And I like Adam Cole, but yeah, I put him in that category too. Yeah. And don't get me wrong. So like for every, like for every Malachi black, like don't care for, there is a Adam Cole who I'm like, yes, he's a perfect fit for this promotion. <laughs> uh, but anyway, so that's, that's the, do you understand what I'm saying? Like, that's yeah, I why think I, I think for the first yeah. time I want Kingston to actually win. Cause I want one of the non newer signings right. to get a prominent win, but I don't think he will. In yeah. the end. I mean, I think punk is going to win, but, Oh my God! If he puts Kingston over, oh my God, that, that it'll be huge. But yeah, I see Punk winning this one. Mm-hmm. All right. Uh, next is well, we were talking about him a moment ago. Darby Allen against MJF. This should be a good match. I'm happy to see Darby and MJF getting a a prominent match on this on this card. Uh, of course, we have Sting outside and Wardlow outside. If this feud doesn't end here, or I'm sorry, if it does end here, I think this might be the start of Wardlow breaking away from MJF. Right. What do you think? I could definitely see that because, you know, Wardlow had asked MJF, you know, a few weeks ago, why'd you put me in front of Sting when he came out? which is a good point, and the whole accountability thing, it it's like slowly planting the seeds of Wardlow breaking off from MJF. Mm-hmm. Uh, who do you think is going to win? I'm going to be honest. This is the hardest one to pick, and I'll tell you why. Because MJF is so protected like he only like he I think in like in total he's lost two matches that I can remember the entire time he's mm-hmm. been in AEW. And Darby is so over and and in a way he's kind of protected too. So it's like do you want to have a guy in MJF who as far as top heels go he's near the top of the list. Do you want him to lose, you know, another pay-per-view match? Or do you want the guy who was your TNT champion, fought Punk to a really good match, do you want him to have another loss? And that, you know, is one of those things where I'm kind of glad in a way I'm not Tony Khan. um, Because it's like, Wow, how do I book this one? So I'm going to say MJF wins, but it's going to be with some chicanery. Right. And we'll probably see these two, I think, within a year facing each other again on pay-per-view. I can see that. I'm going to go with Darby on this one. And I think it's going to be something as small as... Wardlow, he's like behind the referee's back. Wardlow is told to, you know, like hit Darby and he misses and hits MJF, which leads to um, Darby winning. And then you have your Wardlow and MJF 
I don't know if it's feud yet, but like I said, the right. start of the breaking up. Right. That way you gave a reason why MJF lost, Darby wins, and and there you go. I mean, either one of those and like one of those like our answers, the way it's done, is very, very possible happening. Mm-hmm. Very possible. All right. Now we go to actually the first of our title matches. AEW Tag Team Titles, the Lucha Brothers defending against FTR, and this is going to be my turn. Um, If they had the AAA Tag Titles on the line as well, I'd be a little bit more interested in the match, but even without it, I kind of feel like I know who's going to win this match. I, I, I feel like the Lucha Brothers are going to win this match because FTR just beat them for the AAA tag titles. Why would you have them beat them again for the AEW tag titles? Right, and they just... Didn't they just... And they just won it at the last pay-per-view, too, so it's yeah. dreams not really that long. And, I mean, I guess they could do short reigns every once in a while. I... That, I we wouldn't be bothered by it. Although, to be honest with you, I would be bothered by it if it's FTR that they're losing to. I I never got FTR. Um, they were probably, I think, one of the first people from the other company that I was just like, oh, they, they don't seem like AEW people to me. They seem right. more like WWE people. And honestly, nothing has shed, for me at least, of that skin. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I, I like Tully Blanchard managing them, and I like right. Tully as a whole, but I I don't know. They're just very generic to me. Um, so uh, Lucha Brothers win, and I'm not even that annoyed by them FTR getting the title shot because, look, the Lucha Brothers have to have a strong title defense as their first defense. Let it be them. Mm-hmm. Now, if FTR wins, then I'm maybe a little bit like, ugh. I, mean, no, I don't think they will. I, I mean, I, I liked when you said it's okay to have short reigns, and, and I agree with that. But you have a team coming off of, like, their one of their biggest wins. That cage match was so good. And nothing against FTR, but it's like, you're going to have them lose to this team after everything they went through to get to this point. Yeah. That's why, that's why I feel Lucha Brothers are going to win. Okay. Next match is a Minneapolis street fight. The inner circle will face men of the year, Ethan Page and Scorpio Sky and American top team of Junior Dos Santos, Andre Arlovsky and Dan Lambert. Why don't you go first with this one? Okay. Um, I'm going to be honest. I kind of like Dan Lambert. I, I think his mm-hmm. promos are kind of good. You know, they're funny. It, it kind of represents this older generation of wrestling fans and certain people on Twitter who don't like the product. And, you know, he's kind of a good representation of that. Sure. 
as far as a feud goes, this just felt like a waste of time. It really did. Because they had nothing for Jericho, for Guevara, especially after he won the TNT title. And then you have Paige and Scorpio who, even before joining up with this group, were getting heat for the stuff they were doing. I think, I honestly, Jim, I honestly think they would be fine without anybody. Sure. You know, because they're, they're that kind of a team that can get the kind of heat and they're really good at it. Um, as far as the match goes, I think this is going to be the end of this rivalry. I think everyone's going to move on from this point. Um, I, this one, I don't know. I don't know who's going to win this one. I thought I did, but after thinking about it, I'm not quite sure yet. I kind of want to hear your thoughts on this. Um, so I'm pretty interested in this match actually, because I don't really know what I'm expecting from it. Uh, I, I don't, I definitely don't agree with you in that they're all going to move on after this. I think this is here to stay for a while. In fact, the reason why I thought Jericho interrupted, which started, I think Dan Lambert was like in the ring and yeah, you know, yelling at the crowd or whatnot. And he challenged anyone to come out and Jericho came out uh, with Jake Hager. And I said, okay, this makes sense because Jake Hager is, has been known to do MMA fights. And I'm actually surprised we haven't had Hager go one-on-one with one of the quote-unquote fighters on America Top Team, like a Junior Dos Santos. Um, So I think we're going to get that at some point. So I definitely, I think we're far from, I would be shocked if this was the end of the feud, actually. Um, I could not agree, I could not disagree with you anymore with that. Okay. Um, I do think the uh, the Dan Lambert team's going to win. And for some reason, I think Scorpio Sky is going to get the win for his team. Maybe it's because I have read like a few weeks ago that he signed a five-year contract. I did. Yeah, I did hear and that. And I'm like, okay, odd signing, but I like it. And it does show their commitment to diversity. In, in the future. So yeah. I was like, okay. And and honestly, Scorpio Sky is one of these people that I was like, you know what? You can't say either that they're just signing him to five years because he's, you know, black and he, uh, and they didn't do anything with him before that. Cause that's not true. If I remember correctly, doesn't did Scorpio Sky also fought Jericho like in the first year of this company? Yeah, like, they were, like, the main event of a dynamite. Yeah. Like, so, but that's what I'm trying to say. Scorp- they, whether it's Tony Khan or whether it's people in Tony Khan's ear, someone likes Scorpio Sky. Mm-hmm. And I, I don't blame them. I like Scorpio Sky, too. But that's why I'm thinking that Scorpio Sky is going to have a major role in the ending of this match. Uh, and like I said, I, so that's why I think it's going to win. I think uh American top team will win, 
and Scorpio Sky gets the pin over, I would say Jericho, but I'm wondering if it makes more sense to have him pin Hager. Right. As the quote-unquote actual fighter of the inner circle. <laughs> I'm... I'm going to go with the inner circle on this one. And I see Lambert getting pinned. Who pins him, I have no idea. Honestly, I I, I don't care if that's how it ends up. Mm. I think Lambert is the one that ends up getting pinned. Okay. All right. Uh, next match is the finals in the World Championship Elim- Eliminator Tournament. Brian Danielson against Miro and Jim. I'm going to let you take this one first because I'm going to have a lot to say when you're done with this one. Well, I mean, first off, this should be Brian Danielson against Orange Cassidy. There's no reason why someone who wasn't in a tournament should automatically be in a tournament again. That's one of the dumbest things. And it's not an AEW exclusive thing. I'm pretty sure I read somewhere WWE does did that as well recently. Can you correct me if I'm wrong on that? where, like, someone was out of the tournament and all of a sudden they just put someone in and it wasn't the first round? I don't remember now that I'm thinking of it. All right, maybe I'm wrong. All right, well, if it is, then this is just an AEW dumb thing that I hated. Uh, yeah, it's stupid. I think it would have been great is, like, when they, they introduced Orange Cassidy and he comes out and they go, due to, I guess, forfeit or whatever they would call... <laughs> the Moxley thing. Um, Orange Cassidy moves to the next round. It's just a shot of him giving a thumbs up and they go to commercial. Right. I think that would have been hilarious. Like there's, what's the reason Miro's even was even in the tournament now and didn't have to go through round one. Was there even a reason to this? I guess he, I guess he was like the old thing. Mm. Okay. I want to get this right. All right. When they announced the original eight, he was not in that group. Correct, which means anyone who's not in the original eight should not be in the tournament. Right. That's in my opinion. Right. My guess from a story-wise, storyline-wise, and this, mm-hmm. this is a honest guess, is they might have had a repla- like a like a alternate, you know, like how like with the Olympics, you know with certain teams, if like anyone gets injured and they can't compete in the Olympics, they have an alternate. Okay. Do, do, do you know where I'm going with this? Yeah, I guess, but isn't those usually team games? Well, they are. Yeah. Like gymnastics. I, I, I'm thinking of gymnastics as one. Okay. Like if one of the gymnasts cannot compete, then the alternate takes his or her place. Yeah, that I don't mind because you're all on the same team. That would be right. Team USA or Team Germany or Team Japan, Team whoever. That's fine because it's like it just it's just like it's a regular sport, like a football or or basketball. And like, oh, the player's injured. Okay, well then we're putting this guy in. Right. That makes sense to me. As, as something that's a singles, like I and I know this happens, but I think it's. Um, equally stupid is I believe UFC does something where like if the champion's injured or something there's an interim champion or right. something like that yeah they do that and I'm like that's dumb as hell too you should just 
they just lose the belt to me if they can't defend it in X amount of days, whatever the rules right. are. Right. Um, so this is, that's why this is dumb to me and it should be Danielson against Orange Cassidy. Why can't wrestling do tournaments good anymore? <laughs> um, even the women, even the TBS tournaments, bullshit too. What's with the stupid buys? They said, I, I haven't watched WWE, okay. so I can't really vouch. But I do know for a fact that they had King and Queen of the Ring, and it wasn't a real King or Queen of the Ring because only the finals were at the. Uh, it was one match. Arabia at, show, yeah, right. Which is stupid. That's not. That's no. You want to be king or queen of the ring, you go through three people in one night unless someone gets a bye. <laughs> and then, what happy, lucky you, you get to fight two people instead only. Exactly. Okay. So, I would say it's pretty common knowledge this was going to be Danielson and John Moxley. Correct. I would, I, I would bet everything I had that was going to be the original well, it was in he, it was in the Tony Khan cheat sheet that everyone right. liked, right? Um, which was interesting because I was like, hmm, now that that's out, I'm curious if Khan's going to replace one of them, yeah, just to throw people up. We'll never know now, really. Exactly. As far as the Orange Cassidy thing, mm-hmm. I agree with you a thousand percent. This should be Orange Cassidy. I I have nothing against Miro. I know you do, but that that's yeah. that's for another time and another place. Right. This should be Orange's spot. This should be Brian Danielson and Orange Cassidy. Cassidy gets a bye, goes to the finals. And whatever you do from there, you could do, you know, you could do whatever you want. And or and, and you would have two of the most over guys wrestling mm. one another. Could It'd be you, amazing. Yeah. Could you imagine how split that crowd would be? Yeah. Oh my God. It would be, it would be nuts. So my thinking or my feeling is Tony Khan wanted a heel to face Brian Danielson. Miro's not doing anything except blaming God in his promos. So, right. so he's like, okay, we're just gonna put Miro in this spot. Um, as far as what I think this match will be, I think it's going to be a good match, and in a weird way, and correct me if I'm wrong, this is the first AEW pay per view where we have two former WWE guys facing each other. Oh, yeah. Oh, no. Actually, I <laughs> I just caught myself. Jericho <laughs> and Cody from that first full gear. Right. So this is like maybe the second or third one, but still, it's very rare that they do ex-WWE guys facing each other on pay-per-view. So. Right. And with the influx coming in, though, eventually you're going to see it more. Like, yeah. it's just a given. Yeah. Um. But you're right. I, I do think that you're correct there. Now, who do you think wins? Damn. Because <laughs> I was, before going into this, I was like, oh, it's going to be Brian Danielson. It's, it's the no-brainer. But then I'm like, wait a minute. What if Mero wins? Mm. And you have 
you know, somebody different go after the world title. Because with with Brian, the thinking is if he win here's my if he wins the tournament, he's probably not gonna go for the shot right away. I think he'll wait to have his opportunity. Mm-hmm. With Miro, it would be a perfect story for him to be like, okay, I lost the TNT title. Now I want the world title. I want it now. I wanted to impress my God. I wanted to impress my beautiful, flexible wife. You know, mm-hmm. do, do something like that. I'm going to go. I, I hate to do this, but I'm going to go with the obvious. I'm going to go with Brian. Okay. I'm going with Miro on this one. Okay. Because I'm thinking who is the, who's going to win the main event? I know we're kind of jumping into it, but like ahead of the game here, but I do think Adam Page is going to win. And so if you do Page versus Danielson, I mean, yes, that could be Danielson's first official loss, but I think it's more likely that he has to have just a generic person to go against that, like, he can get his first title defense against. And I can easily see that being Miro being that guy. Mm -hmm. And so that's the reason sort of like with the, with F the, what we were told about with FTR and the Lucha brothers, how I don't expect FTR to win because they just need a decent team for the Lucha brothers to get their first major title defense against. Right. That's what I'm thinking here for, um, for Hangman and Miro yeah. is that's because there's there shouldn't be any reason Miro would beat Hangman after his first title win. No yeah. way. Um, and then you could always go back to Omega versus Danielson. Like I said, I'm expecting them to go back to Omega versus Danielson, but that doesn't mean it has to be for the title. Exactly. Exactly. Very I would good. say have them do an Iron Man match, but then like, I don't know if they can do an Iron Man match. Not me, not them in particular, but just because how many people would get left off the card then? You're struggling right. to have people on when they have ten matches on. Right. And then you take up because I'm I'm sure they would want to do like the sixty minute Iron Man match. Yeah. And then and then it would be like, oh, we got to go to a break. We got to go to a break. You know, so, but, oh, well. Yeah, I would, well, I would, I, I would want to, I, I would buy that on pay-per-view, I think, exactly. for me. Yeah. Maybe, maybe the next pay-per-view, who knows? Well, I don't, like I said, again, how many people are you going to leave out, or is the rest of the match is going to be <laughs> Battle Royal A, Battle Royal B, <laughs> C, and D. <laughs> two for the women's, two for the men. And then, and then the two winners will face each other later on. Boom, there's your card. Right, there you go. That's the card. <laughs> All right. It's, it's for a ring. Yeah. To be honest with you, that's the only way that I can see them doing something like that for um, to make room for an Omega versus Danielson 60-minute Iron Man match. 
something crazy like that. Like, like the whole rest of the show is a gimmick except for that one match. Okay. Just bring back World War Three. That's all. <laughs> what, what what would you name it? I, I think Vince owns the name of the World War Three. Does that's weird that I I don't you know can copyright that about. actually. Yeah, you know. Uh, okay. Off topic, real quick. Yeah, go ahead. If there ever is a World War Three, God forbid, how much do you think Vince would be like? I want you to pay off for every time you say World War Three. Well, I think he. I feel like they. It would be. I. I don't know if I would say good for the company because then, like, if there was a World War Three, like in, you know, in the in actual outside of wrestling, people would be searching World War Three all the time and might have WCW World War (laughs) Three. Pop up a bunch of those. Oh, oh Lord. <laughs> maybe maybe we could just skip World War Three and go to World War Four there. Well, I'm wondering if that would be a name for a show, World War Four. <laughs> oh my god. With a four ring. Four rings. I'd be I'd be all about that, actually. I'd I'd at least want to see, even though it might it would probably be a a cluster. Uh <laughs> I would be and a and a it's definitely a um you know, an accident on the road that you have to slow down to look at kind a of thing. Four rig, 80 man battle royal. There you go. And there's probably people that are going to be left off the card with AEW, even with that. Uh, yeah, it's an intergender. Yeah, that's what it is. Four rings, two rings are women, two rings are men. Oh my God. You have a winner and a man, a winner, a guy and a girl win for each of their respective two rings. I think they should just do it. They should. <laughs> I would. I would. Buy, I. I. I think I would buy that pay per view for sure. Tony. Tony Khan, if you're listening to this, please take our advice. We just want World War Four. All right. So All right. who did you? So you're saying Danielson? Yeah, I'm saying Danielson. Okay. All right. Uh, next match is the AEW Women's Title Match: Doctor Britt Baker against Ty Conti. I still understand how it's Thai when it's T-A-Y. I, I know. And you don't say, oh, the bus is over that Y. You don't say that. You say that way. I know. <laughs> um, I actually don't really care about this match for some reason. I don't think it's been built up great. Um, and I definitely think Britt Baker's winning. I, I, I'm looking down the card to see if that's the one I feel like I'm the most sure about. But no, either it's either that one or the TA team title match that yeah. I'm not sure of. I, I kind of feel the same way with you. And it, it's kind of disappointing to say that because, you know, Britt can have really good matches and Conti has been one of the more impressive. Like she has improved so much from when she got to AEW at first now she's well I'm gonna say one I think one of the things that's the problem here and it doesn't have to do with any of the women I think it's just the fact that there's a whole women's tournament running around during 
this whole situation. So what I'm trying to say is that it's not like you can test out certain stories or anything because it's all focused on that tournament. You can't just pluck one and say, oh, well, Jay Cargill looks like she's gaining traction. Let's have her against Brit. You can't do it because she's in the tournament. So in a lot of ways, this tournament, I think, handicapped like the interest that could be with this title match. Right. But, yeah, I, I agree with you. This is kind of like, if not the tag title match, this is the easiest one to pick. It, it's Brit. It's mm-hmm. Brit winning this one. There's no doubt. And then the main event for full gear. AEW world title on the line. Kenny Omega against Hangman Page. You already said Adam Page will win. I kind of want to know why you feel that way. I feel like because it's been building up to it for a while now. Uh, And if he doesn't win now, because I know there have been arguments of have him chase a little bit more. I'm like, well, how long are you going to have him do that? Like at this point. And it makes me, I I guess I'm going to equivalate it to, even though they messed it up anyway. Oh, I think I hear the ice cream person outside, which is weird because it's like 60 degrees. Hmm. I think that's why that intrigued me. Anyway, um, It'd be equivalent to Sting not winning in Star Arcade 1997. Right. I mean, like I said, they messed that up anyway. But yeah, that's that's I guess that's the main reason. I don't see how you you take it again. Like you keep having it go. Yeah. This has been building up for well over a year. And it's I mean, the the rematch of Omega and Page has been a year in the making mm-hmm. from last full year. If if they don't, and I'm not I'm not trying to be cute with it, but if they don't pull the trigger on Adam Page as world champion, when are they ever going to? This has to be the time to do it. Right. There's no other way. There's no other time to do it. I mean, if you think about everything Adam Page has gone through since AEW began, he is in the main event of the first all out with a chance to be the first AEW world champion. Fails. He has these setbacks on and off. He teams with Omega but at the same time, he loses friends, and then the team splits, and then he ends up associating himself with the Dark Order, and it's like he tries to help them, they try to help him, and he kind of gets beat up for it, then he's off TV, he and his wife have a kid, he comes back, wins the ladder match, it's just right there, it, it just mm. is, I mean... If they don't do it Saturday, if they don't do it, it's going to be one of those, why didn't you do it? Right. And then the next question would be, who would you have then if if it's not Paige? Because I feel like 
and and this is one of the things I will give Tony Khan a lot of credit for. From the very beginning up to this point, as far as the world title goes, he has planned out each and every individual winning the title. Even with all these additions coming in, he has kept the same consistent, you know, path, order, whatever you want to call it, he's kept it going. Why change it now? Right. If anything, I'm really curious if, again, if Paige does win, what this the future booking looks like. Because they've been, he's been going this course all the way. Now it's time that he has to do a different course at the very least because you got to point B. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I I do want to say, because I, I did see this uh, somewhere on social media a few weeks ago. And uh, this kind of is going to prove how there are some wrestling fans that have way too much time on their hands. Okay. Somebody pointed out the poster of All Out from two years ago. On the post, on the poster, on the left side is Jericho. Behind Jericho is Moxley. On the right side is Adam Page. Behind Page is Omega. Mm -hmm. If you look at the poster, the title sequence has gone Jericho, Moxley, Omega, and then this guy's like, well, it has to be Paige now. And it's like, look <laughs> at all these little hits they put in, even from two years ago. It's like, right. I'm like, are you kidding me? Yeah, I've, I've seen a bunch of stuff like that or um, with other feuds, like, oh, you know, they, let's play this way. This is some stuff that people say that make my Marco stunt heel turn look like, yeah, that actually was planned, like, Right. I mean, some people just, just, I, and don't get me wrong. I think AEW does a, a lot right. And I think that sometimes fans will look at things that aren't really there. Mm-hmm. And I, you know what? Maybe that was true. Maybe it's not. I don't really know, but I've definitely heard stranger ones and, yeah, it's pretty. That's pretty out there. That they were like, "Oh yeah, there's our four. I mean, the, when that poster came out, was well, obviously Moxley was there. So that's I can't even say I'm not sure about that one. Right. But but what do you think? I I think that whole thing is kind of ridiculous, to be honest mm-hmm. with you. Yeah, it's just um, too much nitpicking there. Well, I don't know if it's. I don't know if I would use the word nitpicking because that's usually for, like, if you think, if you watch something and you have a problem with it because right. A B C D E F G. I don't think that's that. That. Yeah, you're right. You're right. Um, I think it's more of. Okay, here's a good example. I I just thought of it right now, which I I guess if I look at it that way, I see it, but on the surface, it doesn't look at all. I've heard people say, the. Um, the movie Luca 
Okay, yeah. Pixar, the new, the new movie, Luca. I don't know if you've seen it or not. Have you seen it or no? I, I have, actually. Okay, that some people will say that there's signs in it that it's, like, pro-gay and lesbian or something like that to that community. On And, and I've read the arguments, and it's and I don't remember them off the top of my head. I read, like, what they why they say that. I'm like, okay, if that's what you see in it, fine. But, I mean, I right. do think, though, it's stretching. Yeah. I, I, I mean, I can... It's kind of like when people, like, will say for certain things, it's a sign. <laughs> Maybe it is, but also it could just be you getting lucky and you found that dollar bill on the on the ground because yep. someone else dropped it. Like, yep. That's what I think that the poster's like, this this, this poster discussion. He's, sure, may, if you want to believe that, cool, but, like, I... There's a bigger chance that that's probably not what it is. <laughs> Pretty much. All right. Uh, where can everybody follow you, Jim? Uh, at that'spodcasting.com and that's podcasting on Instagram and Twitter. All right. Well, thank you, Jim, for coming on as always. And we'll do this again probably in the late winter, early spring for whatever the next pay per view is. Sounds good. All right. Let's go back to whatever else I have to talk about. <laughs> Want to thank Jim Boy Star once again for being on the show this week. Check out uh, Now That's What I Call Podcasting as it is currently in November with some new and old episodes of Now That's What I Call Podcasting currently up. Uh, before we get into the news... Want to send our congratulations to Rob Van Dam and Katie Forbes as they got married earlier this week. You guys know that I'm not the biggest Katie Forbes fan in the world, but when you got two people that, you know, love each other and want to get married, you know, you got to be nice to them. So I'm going to be nice and I'm going to wish the both of them the very best of luck in their marriage they seem like a very happy couple um saw some pictures on social media of the wedding and katie looked very very happy i will say that all right now to a little bit of the wrestling news there's really not a lot to talk about this week because well miz is no longer on dancing with the stars but the Survivor Series is getting changed because the least hyped Survivor Series of all time has taken two people out of two of the two Survivor Series elimination matches. So this would be considered a little bit of a spoiler if you have not watched SmackDown this week. But Aaliyah and Sami Zayn are no longer on their respective Survivor Series teams. Aaliyah was pulled out of the team due to, I believe it was like higher ups was the reason. And Sami Zayn lost his spot against Jeff Hardy where the loser was out of the Survivor Series team. So with eight days to go until the Survivor Series, both SmackDown men's and women's team have one spot left open 
Who will take the respective spots? I really don't know at this point. Because like I said, this is probably the least hyped Survivor Series of all time. But we'll talk about the Survivor Series on next week's show. Also want to mention for those of you that are fans of Tribute to the Troops, it will be airing tomorrow on Fox, depending on where you live. Uh, Fox is having one football game that you guys are going to watch this week, so if you get the early games, then you will get Tribute to the Troops after the football game is over. And if you get the late game, then you will get the Tribute to the Troops show before the football game. Three matches for Tribute to the Troops. Big E against Dolph Ziggler. Roman Reigns against Shinsuke Nakamura. And Bianca Belair against Liv Morgan. My how Tribute to the Troops is... Remember the first one? Remember the very first one, and it was such a big deal, and, you know, they all went over to Iraq, and it aired Christmas night, and it was such a big deal, and it seems like after a few years, it's lost, like, its meaning, its purpose. I mean, I'm glad they're doing a show for the troops, don't get me wrong, but it just doesn't feel as important as it once used to and that's kind of a sad thing for an event that they were doing something good for so but yeah if you uh if you want to watch tribute to the troops it will be on this sunday on fox like i said depending on where you live if you get an early football game tomorrow you will get it after the football game if you get a late football game, it will be on prior to the football game. Alright, New Japan Pro Wrestling, they've got a busy month ahead. They are going to have, for the second year in a row, both the World Tag League and Best of the Super Juniors happening at the exact same time. So today was the beginning of the best of the super juniors tournament i surprisingly don't have the results in front of me which is very shocking because usually the results are right there but um the participants in the best of the super juniors is a pretty good pretty good roster here uh bushi dookie Yoshinobu Kanemaru, Taiji Ishimori, Rasuke Taguchi, Robbie Eagles, Master Wato, El Fantasmo, Yo, Hiromu Takahashi, El Desperado, the current IWGP Junior Heavyweight Champion, and Sho. Those are the participants in this year's best. league tournament and as soon as this loads up there we go uh here are the teams in the tournament this year zack saber jr and taichi takamichinoku and minaro suzuki satoshi kojima and hiroyoshi tenzan tiger mask and yuji nagata 
Tomoaki Hama and Toji Makabe, Tamatanga and Tongaloa, Aaron Hanare and Great Okan, Chase Owens and Bad Luck Fale, Toru Yano and Hiroshi Tanahashi. God, what a team that is. <laughs> uh, Yujiro Takahashi and Evil, Yoshihashi and Hiroki Goto, and Sanada and Tetsuya Naido round out the field for this year's World Tag League. And just like with the G1 from the uh, last month, this podcast will keep you up to date on the standings of both tournaments. The conclusion to both tournaments will be December the 15th, which, if I do my math right, we're about three, four weeks away from. So it is going to be a very long and busy tournament for New Japan Pro Wrestling as they start the real start the wheels going for Wrestle Kingdom weekend, or actually Wrestle Kingdom week coming up on January the fourth, the fifth, and then the eighth in Yokohama. All right, so uh, Pro Wrestling Illustrated came out with their list of the top 150 female wrestlers, women wrestlers. Last year they went to 100. This year they bumped it up to 150. And what I'm going to do this year, I'm going to do it a little different. I'm going to talk about the top 10 and then the next 15 And then I'm going to talk about, or I'm going to point out whoever is number 150 on, excuse me, on this list. So here's the top 10 for those that have not heard of the top 10, or maybe you've heard it and forgot it, which is okay. Coming in at number one this year, Bianca Belair, two, Yatami Haya Shishida, three, Diana Perrazzo. Four, Britt Baker. Five, Thunder Rosa. Six, Sasha Banks. Seven, Siori. Eight, Io Shirai. Nine, Tam Nagano. And ten, Raquel Gonzalez. That is your top ten for this year's PWI female or women's 150. Um, I'm going to say this. I like Bianca Belair. I really do. She's won me over. She has won me over. But I don't think I'd have her at number one. I would have had her in the top five. I would have put her in the top five. Um, I th- I think I would have switched her and Deanna, actually. I would have had Deanna Perrazzo at number one and then have Belair at number three. Um, but I like... The representation of stardom here in the top 10. Utami is at number 2. Siori at 7. And Tam Nakano at 9. So you have three wrestlers from stardom in the top 10. Very, very good representation for the stardom organization. Uh, AEW and the NWA both did pretty good with Britt Baker and Thunder Rosa at 4 and 5, respectively. Um, You could make the argument that maybe Britt should have been a little bit higher. Maybe the same with Thunder Rosa, but I think the both of them being in the top 5, you know, is very impressive. 
The thing that kind of surprises me, and well, actually, there's two that surprise me. Number six, Bianca or Sasha Banks, pardon me, and Io Shirai at eight. Those are the two. I, I think Io surprises me more than Sasha, only because Shirai was gone by the summer last year. And unless she was doing, you know, other stuff in Japan, which I don't know, um, then I'm kind of surprised that she is at number eight. Again, nothing against her. I like Io, but it just surprises me that she made it that far up. Sasha at six, I can see the argument. I can see the argument being made of why she should be at number six. She was SmackDown Women's Champion. She ended Bailey's reign, which was almost a year long, maybe a little over a year. Um, and then it was like, after she lost at WrestleMania, it's like she took this long break. Um... A little bit, probably to record, you know, The Mandalorian. I thought maybe that would have affected it a little bit, but I guess not. So, um, but no, I can live with Sasha at six. I, I can, I, I think EO's ranking is, like I said, is a little bit more surprising than Sasha being in the top ten. Alright, so, I'm going to do 11 through 25. That's the next 15. Uh, in this list. 11, Serena Deeb. 12, Rhea Ripley. 13, Hikaru Shida. 14, Asuka. 15, Charlotte Flair. 16, Gia 17, Kaylee Ray. 18, Trisha Dora. 19, Giselle Shaw. 20, Tukasa Fujimoto. 21, Bailey. 22, Jordan Grace. 23, Fabi. Yeah, Fabi Apache. 24, Maki Ito and 25 Allison K. Um This is one where you could maybe make an argument one or two being in the top 10 here. I I would have maybe pushed for Serena Deeb to be in the top 10 and maybe Rhea Ripley. I would have pushed for top 10 consideration here. Trisha Dora who won me over in the Ring of Honor Women's Title Tournament. Um, not, what what is she at again? 18. That's a real good position for her. And I think her position's going to go higher. I think, you know, when we get back to this list next year, she'll probably be in the top 10. If not, she's going to be very, very close to the top 10. Uh, Kaylee Ray representing NXT UK. Uh, looking very good there. Asuka looking very good. Charlotte again. That's another a little bit of a surprise where she's ranked um, because she didn't really do much from what I remember, honestly. So um, I, I guess I can live with that. I'm not really sure. And to round it out, Jordan Grace had a big year. She had a fantastic year. She deserves to be top 25. Um, 
if Bailey hadn't gotten injured, I could have seen her maybe a little bit higher. She was number one last year in the ranking, falling to 21 this year. And Allison Kay was re or was really having a real good year. So, uh, good job all around from all 25 of those women making the list. Now, for those that are curious, who is number 150 on this list? Well, it is a young female wrestler by the name of Becca. And I'm going to read the short bio on Becca that is in the magazine. Singles match victories against Masha Slamovich, Devian, Delmi Exo, and Jody Thread. Picked up three titles in 2021, the CW Higher Society Championship, the NCW Women's Championship, and the CW Panoptic Championship. One half of the tag team Scrunchy Pals with Erica Lay. Very interesting. Um, it's a very good list. I, I wish I had more time to go over it this year, but unfortunately I do not. The this issue of Pro Wrestling Magazine or Pro Wrestling Illustrated Magazine is up. You could get it either at you know at your local newsstand, you know, pick it up in the magazine aisle, or you could get it digitally. Just go to pwi-online.com. Well, that is going to do it for this week's show. But before I go, going to do the plugs. If you guys have any questions or comments, send an email, wrestlingman at thatwrestlingshow.com. Don't forget to follow the show on Twitter at WrestlingShow11. Follow us on Instagram at thatwrestlingshow and join our Facebook group, That Wrestling Show Fan Group. We are almost at 500 members. Now to the podcasts we love and podcasts you guys should check out. Starting with our Vantage Point, the Retro Wrestling Podcast with Joe Marotta and Michael Quinn. This week they discuss in It Didn't Work in New York, Jim Cornette. Plus, week three of the royal flush of the worst WWF pay-per-views. And they review ECW Hardcore TV from June 10th, 1997. That is this week on our vantage point this week on greetings from allentown our good pal uh <laughs> i'm drawing a blank here uh pete no P yeah pete <laughs> peter winston he watches an episode of wwf superstars from august 19th 1990 it is jesse ventura's last show on commentary i've actually seen this show and there's a big angle that happens on this episode so you might want to check this one out greetings from allentown and check out juice pro wrestling where this week bodie the juice and shredden they just have a roundabout discussion on different topics including kylie ray taking a break from pro wrestling again moose's run already as the impact world champion the injury to lance archer and much much more that is this week on juice pro wrestling now, if you're looking for non-wrestling-related podcasts, check out the Castle Vault. This week, they discuss, they watch and discuss Captain America Civil War. That is this week on the Castle Vault. On Dave and Ethan's 2,000-inch Weird Al podcast, 
Dave and Ethan, they shared their story from their recent trip to Los Angeles to attend the Nightmare Before Christmas live-to-film concert experience in which one Weird Al Yankovic performed on that. You're going to want to hear that. That is this week on Dave and Ethan's 2,000-inch Weird Al podcast. Also, on Escape from Vault Disney this week, they discussed the 1998 remake the parent trap that is this week on escape from vault disney check out the three stooges throwback with our old pal gabe russo as this week he discusses the 31st short of 190 healthy wealthy and dumb that is this week on the three stooges throwback also check out sharks pond a south park podcast where i watch and discuss each and every south park episode This week, I reviewed the Season 13 episode, Dances with Smurfs. That is this week on Shark's Pond, a South Park podcast. And finally, check out Bill Learns Kingdom Hearts. It's myself and Jim Boy Star, where we discuss Kingdom Hearts Chain of Memories. This week, it's a special episode as I discuss my three favorite and three least favorite Keyblades. That is this week. On Bill Learns Kingdom Hearts. Alright, next week on the podcast, going to review Full Gear, plus we'll preview the upcoming Survivor Series. Will we have changes to the card? Will we have changes to the teams? We'll find out in between now and the time of the next episode, plus much, much more. Everybody have a good, safe weekend. If you're going to Full Gear, have fun tonight. This is going to be a fun show to watch. And come back next week for another episode of That Wrestling Show, the podcast where all pro wrestling matters. And as always, wrestle on.